Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Regina Jackson and Syra Rao have launched Race to Dinner, a movement to inspire white women to confront themselves and to acknowledge their own racism and complicity in white supremacy. In this provocative documentary, white women experience radical honesty about racism, their role in upholding it, their conditioning to ignore it, and an essential part that they can play in tearing down the system that are killing brown and black people every single day. The film is called Deconstructing Karen, and we're joined today by the director, producer, writer, Patty Ivan Speck. Patty, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I thoroughly enjoyed it because I love films that lay out a certain premise that you may or may not agree with, and then allow you as a viewer to essentially be a part of a journey right? And along with it, your own conceptions, preconceptions about race or whatever it might be, in this case, about race, and allow other people to say things that you might have said in the process of trying to figure out where you were at. So it plays out that way. For people who are going to watch Deconstructing Karen, whatever you're thinking will probably be said in the course of this documentary film. Uh, How did you get to know Regina Jackson and Syra Rao? First of all, thank you for having me. This is such a great program and it's such a treat for me to get to talk to people who love film. So thank you. I followed Syra Rao's congressional run in 2018 and that's how I became familiar with her. Started following her and then when they evolved into creating this program called Race to Dinner, I was captivated. I was just like, this is brilliant work. This is brilliant work. You know, for me making this movie, everything you said is like you climbed in my head. Like my dream for this movie was to create a space where people watching the movie could have an active experience where you could feel like you are shoulder to shoulder and elbow to elbow with the other dinner guests and that you're feeling what it feels like to think these thoughts that transpire at the table. So thank you, Mike. That was very cool. Let's lay out the basic premise. So Regina and Syrah have organized Race to Dinner. Tell us a little bit about the basics of what they're what they're hoping to accomplish and how they go about doing that. So this is a real business that was born at their kitchen table. I mean, really, these are two women of color who are so fed up with how racist America is that they just decided one white woman at a time, they were going to start educating us on how we are committing violence in our schools and our grocery stores. These things that sometimes people call microaggressions are actually aggressions. They're really not micro. And I think they just felt like they were the best equipped people to talk to us white women one person at a time to help us understand the dumb things we do every day that may be intentional or not intentional, but that are harming our fellow mankind. And so really out of, if, if you read like any of the conservative press, you know, they they position these women that they're making millions and they're doing all this. But the truth of the matter is, is they barely make a dollar doing what they do. And they do this because they, I think truly they were like, what else is there? White people don't understand our point of view. And if we don't actually tell them, then we are not making things better. So these dinners were born and they're telling white people how we cause harm every day. So the dinners consist of, I'm sure, varying numbers somewhere between, I'll say eight and 10, 12 people sitting around a table, having a nice dinner, a very relaxed atmosphere. 
Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think that's really important, the dinner part, in the sense that we have some of the most telling and insightful conversations with each other, no matter where you are, what, whatever walk of life, over a meal. It's a very conducive way to talk to one another. The dinner is crucial. And for me, I was already kind of ruminating on how can I make a film that's active, that's not a talking head movie about racism. I really wanted to make something in this space. And when their activism kind of took shape in this dinner table concept, for me, it was such an organic translation to being the centerpiece of a movie. Because there's a lot of layers in what that dinner means to us as a society. And it's a beautiful table and it's set and it's very elegant. And we white ladies, we love a good dinner party. Like I want crystal and I want a pretty table and it's like pour a glass of wine. It's a good time. It it represents a lot without anyone having to say a word. And what it also represents, which I never knew four years ago, I didn't know I knew, I guess I should say, is that it also represents a place where you don't talk about hard things because we're often taught, like, don't talk about politics at the table. Don't talk about sex at the table. Don't talk about, don't get upset, Uncle Larry. He's, you know, you know, he's a conservative. Why do you make him crazy at the dinner table at Thanksgiving? You know, all of these things are kind of part of that package deal, right? Of these dinners you have with people you love and care about. You don't talk about important things. And Sire and Regina's work challenges that. And it's a great disruptor of white women's expectations about what happens at a dinner table. And so it's functioning on this whole other level. The other thing is, you know, these are hard conversations that Sire and Regina have, but anyone could leave. Like no one was stuck there. There wasn't a guard at the door that didn't let people leave. But we're also taught as nice white ladies, you never leave the dinner table. So there's so many things that play in to this centerpiece of the film, which is this dinner. How did the women come to the dinner? How What's that process like? I think the second dinner or the third dinner that came out of this anti-racism work. So this was early on and I wanted to see it in action. So basically we did two things. We did a proper casting and I hired somebody to go into the Denver area to say, we're looking for white women who are willing to have a radical and honest conversation about race. You know, send us your picture and your, uh, why you, why should we pick you? And so we did that. And then we also went through the people who'd already emailed Siren Regina and said, I would love to do one, or can I host a dinner? And we just put together a group of people. And we're very transparent about that in the movie that we cast this dinner. This was not one of the dinners where people were paying $5,000 to attend. This was filmmakers reached out to the area to find people who would attend a dinner. What's interesting and necessary in the film is that Regina and Syrah are so honest, blunt, confrontational. You pick the word here. And that's the thing that they try to get people to get over themselves as soon as possible. I think there's a few things that happen here. And I'm, I've had a lot of people say to me, wouldn't they get further if they were just like a little nicer? Why, why aren't they nicer? And I always think that is such an interesting takeaway. You know, in some ways, the movie is a roar shock. It's like, what do you see in the movie? What triggers you? What does this represent to you? What does it mean to you to have a woman of color speak to you bluntly? I mean, it's operating on a lot of levels to me. They are not doing this work to be my best friend or your best friend or any of those ladies' best friends. They're doing this work out of an authenticity to say, 
I really need you to hear me. I'm not going to say any of the niceties or soften it. I'm going to say all the words because I need you to hear me. Your problem, (laughs) your behavior is problematic. It's fascinating how their delivery is complicated for white women to hear. Because what the words are saying, I don't think any of the white women have necessarily a problem with the words. They have a problem with the delivery. And so what's that really about? I think that's interesting. I was watching uh, Bill Maher. It had to be at least five or six years ago. And uh, D.L. Hewley, who was a uh, well-known comedian, was on. And there was some, it was a shooting. It was something very racially charged. It was an issue. And Bill Maher said to D.L. Hewley, how, what can we do? How can we? How can this all be better? He looked right into the camera and he said, if white people wanted this to change, it would change tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. That, you know, it was the most direct, honest, profound thing, and, uh, but it's simple. It's a very simple concept. And that is, to me, at the heart of this. And just what the things you were talking about, you know, white women not wanting to be confronted or white people not wanting to be confronted. At the end of the day, this is the first step and the most important step in terms of if we're going to get past all of this is acknowledging it. It's the, actually, it's the essential first step. You cannot like swim across the water without putting your foot in the water. Like you can't, do you know what I mean? You can't just expect to get to the other side of the river without putting your toe in the water. So first acknowledging that that's the thing I'm always amazed at. I think we all need to like pause for a second and look around and make what we're doing isn't working. So even though one person may think they have all the answers, why are we white knuckling a process that's actually not working? Why not step back and be open to two women like Siren Regina who are coming at racism with a fresh perspective and a whole collective of people, white women, me and my ladies, who have been kind of historically been let off the hook of having to be front and center. Because if white women could hear this message, use their voices and move through the world differently, things would really change. I don't think white men are changing anything. Got to be honest with you, Mike. I don't think it's happening. They've had a long, long time to do it. They haven't done it. And I think the structure works for most white men as it currently is. But white women, I think the thing that always messes with my mind on this is it doesn't have to be my child for me to be concerned. I am concerned. I am bothered. I am deeply distressed. And so how on earth as a, as a woman who's birthed children, am I okay with my kids having a better quality of life than nameless, faceless kids who are five minutes from my house? Why am I, why am I okay with that? And that's, I think why white women maybe could be the portal to really changing the way we think about race in this country, because, you know, ultimately if it's not for our own kids and someone else's kids, what are we doing? Why are we here? Just want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Patty Ivan Specht. She is the director, producer, and writer of this documentary film that's coming out. out. It came out on Thanksgiving Day. You can find it on iTunes and on Vimeo. It's called Deconstructing Karen. And it is about gathering together white women in conversation over a dinner to confront racism and to it. And I, again, I would replace confront with acknowledging (laughs) and acknowledging that because and we are now at a sort of inflection point when you look around sort of the political landscape of there has been every time there is appears to be some measure of of uh, either progress 
or a, or a moment in American history where we're forced to look at something like the murder of George Floyd or things like that have forced us to essentially come to some sort of terms with the uh, ramifications and the implications of racism in this country. Within a very short period of time, there is a retrenchment of the racist structure in this country, and we get things like we can't teach history anymore in certain states in this country. Right. I mean right. that 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 is insane. But but also the good news is, it's more and more happening in plain sight. It's being called out. It's being seen for what it is. Right. Is that fair? I think it's accurate. I think it's accurate. And I don't think, though, calling it out is stopping it. I think as white people get more scared about losing the power, which I think is partly what's happening, you know, the radicalization of young white men is rampant. Yeah. And I think you cannot deny that there are significant signs of fascism in this country. And the loosening of gun laws and the rise of fascist ideology. This is a very dangerous combination. And I think it makes work like this more critical than ever. So, you know, I think this is also why it's so brilliant that Syra and Regina really are zeroed in on white women and why I'm delighted to come alongside them uh, with this movie is because this is not a casual conversation that we white people kind of think we can tap out of. If anything, we need to be highly activated because if anyone is against kids being killed in their schools or, you know, Oath Keepers showing up at drag shows threatening to kill people because they don't want people in drag reading children's school, you know, uh, stories, like if that's disturbing to you, this movie is for you because you got to find a way to use your voice. This scary things are kind of happening in communities all over this country. And the time for chilling out and worrying about what's on Instagram is yesteryear we need women to be highly engaged in figuring out in their own families, their own communities, how to use their voice. Speak up. I do think that generally speaking in the world and in, in our country, that the activism of women in general has certainly changed the country over the course of the, of the last 150 years. And I do think there's something, whether it's second or third wave feminism or something, there is something culturally going on in the country we're seeing more and more women in positions of power. We're seeing more and more women graduating from colleges on, at record levels. I think there is something move, hopeful, hopefully, I should say, hopefully. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, sure, all those things. But if these women are indoctrinated in not appreciating why their presence matters, and if they're not more whether no matter your gender having a woman in power doesn't help you if she is making sure that you don't have access to abortion care right um that actually doesn't matter like the supreme court makeup doesn't really help me if uh just because there's more women unless they're women who understand their role in upholding a patriarchal system and i you know it worries me sometimes because some of these words i think go over people's heads but I, because we don't talk about these things, but this is why I'm so grateful to have these conversations. And that's why I'm grateful to make this movie because we need to start leaning into these conversations. We need to start taking the world we live in more seriously. And a lot of women have opted out and handed it off to the men in charge. 
or the women in charge who are basically just the foot soldiers of the men. Good point. And there have been a number of movies the last uh, six months or so that I've watched that had women enforcing the kind of the mores of of patriarchal yes. society. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah. yes. And it, it, it is, it's true. It is true. Well, I'd love to hear what uh, Regina and Syrah think um, of the film and sort of in general, the reaction that you're getting when you do screenings with yeah. with people who are who obviously will have an opinion about the film. Well, I'm ecstatic with the positive response of the film. I really am. You know, I, I definitely made this in my house during COVID and didn't know if it would make sense to anybody but me. I feel very fortunate that the movie has gotten an incredible reaction. And from Mexico to Brazil to Prague the other day, I got a message. So people all over the world are watching it and it's resonating. And I think people do look to America. The rest of the world does look to America to say, how are you solving your age old problem that you have never dealt with? you know, which we haven't. So I think that's an interesting thing. And then I think domestically, I've gotten a lot of messages from people who say, thank you so much. I have, a, I have some tools now on how to talk to my mom or my dad, or I want to, I don't know how to talk about this with my mom and dad. I'm going to sit down and watch it with them. That's one of my favorites. I just think my hope is that people take this tool and they use the movie as a positive resource in their life. So, and they don't have to agree with everything. You know, that's the, that's the beauty of it. But I promise you, it will start conversations that you're not having with anybody else. Exactly right. Yeah, I can't imagine someone watching it and not talking back to the screen in some in some way, you know, one yeah. way or the other. Yeah, and and it's truly one of those movies. I will say, I never know who's going to like it. I really don't. I still, I don't know. You never know. You never know. But what I will say is it stays with you. And I've had friends who are like, I don't like them. I don't even know if I like your movie, but I can't stop thinking about it. And that thing that, you know, Cyrus said, I'm still mad about it. And I'm like, well, that's great. Then that's that works, too. We don't need some fake praise. The movie is a conversation starter. And so I hope it can be a conversation starter for your audience. Well, again, let, let's let people know where they can go to find out more information about the film. And What's the website for the film? The website is www.deconstructingkaren.com. You can find us on Instagram at, at deconstructingkaren. We have really lively conversations. We've gone from kind of like four followers to 12,000 followers in five minutes. It went very quickly and deeply committed. And what we're trying to do on the Instagram is supplement the, the work and just help people grow in their own knowledge of how we can show up in the world kind of being better people and the platforms that we can watch this on now it's available now on itunes around the world it's in canada on on um, cbc radio i don't know if i'm um, cbc television it's also on vimeo for the non-mac users and in terms of resources available on the website for people who want to have some version of their own race mm -hmm. to dinner or can they go on line to find a way to set it up for themselves through Syrah and Regine. How does that work? I highly recommend anyone who's inspired by the movie immediately go over to racetodinner.com. They offer some really interesting programs. Even if you don't want to host a dinner, first of all, host a dinner. It's fascinating. Like Participate in that. But second of all, there's actually a really incredible program called Race to Community, which is a six or eight week program. You meet weekly and it really uh, is led by a white woman who really guides people through kind of a critical analysis of whiteness. 
but go explore it. Race to community. I'm blown away. I did one of the beta tests of it and found it really impressive. The film, again, is called Deconstructing Karen. We've been talking with the director, producer, and writer, Patty Ivan Speck. Thank you so very much for de Deconstructing Karen, and thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. I really loved it. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.